Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Trusting in the risen Christ, let us confess our sin in the misuse of God's creation. God Almighty, we are sorry for the times when we have used your gifts carelessly and acted ungratefully. In your mercy, forgive us and help us. We enjoy the fruits of the harvest, but sometimes forget that you have given them to us. In your mercy, forgive us and help us. We belong to a people who are full and satisfied, but ignore the cry of the hungry. In your mercy, forgive us and help us. We are thoughtless and do not care enough for the world you have made. In your mercy, forgive us and help us. We store up goods for ourselves alone as if there were no God and no heaven. In your mercy, forgive us and help us. Dear friends, God, who was rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead in sin and made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. May Almighty God strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit so that Christ may live in your hearts through faith. Amen. we conquer 
Let us pray. O God, you have prepared for those who love you joys beyond understanding. Pour into our hearts such love for you that loving you above all things, we may obtain your promises which exceed all that we can desire. Through Jesus Christ, your Son and our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Verses 44 through 48. While Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astounded that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter said, can anyone withhold the water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? So he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they invited him to stay for several days. Word of God, word of life. Thanks, Thanks be, to be to God.
15, verses 9 through 17. This is the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that you, <coughs> so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ.
We've been spending the Easter season exploring the relationship between beliefs and practices in Luke's Acts of the Apostles. So we've talked about how we practice koinonia, how we witness to others, how we read history, and how we join together with other people. And in every story that we've read, we've tried to uncover what Easter changes and what it makes possible that wasn't possible before. And today we're going to wrap this up with a story about a man named Cornelius. And for the story to make any sense at all, you have to remember that Jesus and his first disciples were all Jewish. And so we have some idea of what Easter means for Jews like them. But when these first disciples are sent out to the world from Jerusalem to the ends of the earth, it doesn't take very long until they start running into people who aren't Jews, who are Gentiles. And that raises a whole bunch of questions for them. Are Gentiles supposed to be a part of this community? If they are, do Gentiles have to become Jewish before they become part of the community? And what happens if we bring in Gentiles, and then instead of just one or two, the church is mostly Gentile? So those questions are the background of today's story that we've heard. And Luke begins by telling us that Cornelius lived in Caesarea and was a centurion of the Italian cohort. Cornelius is not Jewish. Cornelius is like the most Gentile person that you have ever met. But after a couple of visions, he and Peter end up meeting, and the result is this dramatic encounter between the Jewish community, led by Peter, and the Gentile community, represented by Cornelius. And the story begins with what else? Peter giving a very long speech about how Jesus has been raised from the dead. And at some point, God seems to have had enough of it, because as Luke tells us, while Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word, and they began to speak in tongues and extol God. So one way to make sense of this story is to start by focusing in on the Gentiles. You could imagine a pretty good homily, maybe I'll give this in three years, where we talk about how God's community is expansive and boundary-breaking and how we're called to create those kinds of communities in the world today. You throw in a personal anecdote, maybe some jokes, and you've got a pretty good nine minutes worth of homily. But I want you to notice something else in today's story. Not the Gentiles who are making so much noise extolling God, but the reaction of the Jewish believers. They are completely overwhelmed by this activity that they infer must be a gift of the Holy Spirit. Luke tells us they were astounded. The King James puts it as astonished. This is the same way that Luke describes Pentecost, which gives you some idea how novel this moment was. So this is not simply a story of Peter and his Jewish group witnessing to Cornelius and his Gentile group, but a story of witness going back the other way, too. The Jewish community, the Jewish people are still learning, still discovering, still exploring what it means to live in the light of the resurrection. So Luke is leading us to re-examine exactly what a belief in the resurrection even is. So often when we think about beliefs, we think of them as immovable and unchangeable. 
When someone says they have a deeply held personal belief, they don't mean that you should try to change it. They mean you should go away. There's no point discussing it because it's never going to change or evolve. And it's easy to think of a belief in the resurrection as just the same sort of thing. A statement of fact. The tomb was empty. Jesus was raised 2,000 years ago. End of discussion. On to the next thing. But for Luke, a belief in the resurrection means a belief that Jesus is alive. That God is working in the world through the risen Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that means that God will continue to act in ways that are, to use Luke's word, astonishing. Belief in the resurrection really isn't about thinking that something happened 2,000 years ago. It's about trusting that something is happening right now. A belief in the resurrection changes our relationship with God. It opens us up to the possibility of change in our world, our societies, our relationships, and even in ourselves. There's never a point at which we can step back from our relationship with God and say, well, that's done, let's move on to the next thing. And that openness changes our relationship with other people. We can be honest about the fact that we don't know everything, which means there's wisdom and edification outside the bounds of our own tradition and experience. To put it in the terms of today's story, it isn't just that Peter can enrich the life of someone like Cornelius, but that Cornelius can enrich the life of someone like Peter. We never do ministry to other people. We always do ministry with other people. Now, this probably sounds obvious, but if you read through most of Christian history, this is actually not the way things have operated. People who claim to have a belief in the resurrection usually don't believe other people have things to offer them. The history of Christian mission in the West in particular is deeply tied up with imperialism and racism, people claiming superiority over others. But one of the theological mistakes lurking underneath the surface is a belief that mission only flows in one direction. From Peter to Cornelius, from us to them. The people who believed that God had called them to bring the good news to the so-called new world never believed the people they were converting had anything to teach them about the promises of God. They could never be amazed, and they could never be astonished. I was reminded of that history during Synod Assembly yesterday because our Synod has a partner relationship with the Lutheran Church in Namibia. And that relationship is based on openness and reciprocity. It isn't just us doing mission to them, trying to make them like us, but it's also about them giving their insight and wisdom and knowledge to enrich our lives. We never encounter one another as objects, but always as fellow residents of the household of God. So let's bring this back around and ask what the story has to teach us about beliefs and practices. One thing the story reveals is that a belief in the resurrection leads us to practice a kind of reverent curiosity. It's reverence because we believe the spirit goes ahead of us and everyone we encounter is someone God is already in relationship with. 
And it's curious because we know that we're never done following God and being formed into God's people. There's always more to explore and more to be astonished by. And sure enough, it isn't a coincidence that the story ends with Peter and his group staying at Cornelius's household for a few days. And you have to imagine they stayed not because they needed a place to crash for a few days, but because they found the new relationships too life-giving and too astounding to leave so quickly. Between Peter and Cornelius, there was a desire for an exchange of experience, of knowledge, of faith, and life. And so it is today among us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
join the church around the world as we confess our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven, he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Alive in the risen Christ by the power of the Spirit, let us pray before God who promises to hear us and answer in steadfast love. Loving God, you call us to be your fruit-bearing church. Bless the ministry of Crossroads Camp and Retreat Center. Inspire their leaders and campers so that their ministry might be a reflection of your love for us. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Creating God, the earth praises you. The seas roar and the hills sing for joy. Fill the earth with your love so that by their song, all creatures of land and sea and sky, burrowing and soaring, may call us to join them in praise. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Faithful Savior, you conquer the world not with weapons, but with undying love. Plant your word in the hearts of the nation's leaders and give them your spirit so that people may live in peace. We pray especially this week for the people of India, Pakistan, and Sri Lanka. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Caring healer, you forget no one and accompany the lonely. Be present with those who are sick and suffering. Provide for those needing homes or medical care and point us toward changing responses to these needs in our community. If you have any petitions, I invite you to offer those at this time. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. O creator and mighty God, you have promised strength for the weak, rest for the laborers, light for the way, grace for the trials, help from above, and undying love. Help us to continue in your promise this day. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. With thanksgiving, we remember those who have died. Keep us in communion with all the saints until we at last find our rest in you. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. We offer these prayers in the name of the one who calls us friends, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
and gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Spring of a joy of living, ocean depth of happy rest. God our Father, Christ our brother, all who live in love our mind. Teach us how to love each other, lift us to the joy this time we open things up for any announcements I'm gonna fix this real quick any announcements joys or concerns any announcements joys or concerns is your water heater better Lois it's good okay good I was I was praying for it last week um, two things, just as reminders, we have Tuesday evenings informal fellowship at Russell Farms Community Park. Uh, that's over by Temple Beth Rishone. This Thursday, we have our anti-bullying event with the Tyler Clementi Foundation. We have, I think it was 52 people signed up so far. So I invite you, there's more information on the website for that. And then, uh, Carolyn Tedesco, I wanted to wish you and Larry a happy anniversary tomorrow. Congratulations. How, how many years about? 52. Wow. That's something. Well, good for you. All right. I invite you to receive the blessing. God the Father, by whose love Christ was raised from the dead, open you 
to you who believe the gift of everlasting life. God, the Son, who in bursting the grave has won a glorious victory, give you joy as you share the Easter faith. God, the Holy Spirit, whom the risen Lord breathed, it, breathed into the disciples, empower you and fill you with Christ's peace. And may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen. Go in peace and complete one another's joy. Thanks be to God. Thank you.